Welcome back to the podcast, Pro Wrestling Nation. I have Chris, your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina. And please welcome my special guest. He is a member of the squad. He is the PPW Cruiserweight Champion. He is the best athlete in the East Bay double golden fanny pack champion. He is the last spine bender, Kenny K. How you doing, Kenny? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Pretty good, hey. man. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, so... uh. The first thing I want to ask you about is uh, this past, I don't know, week or two ago, uh, you main evented Entertainia 13 with Jack Cartwheel. And honestly, that match blew everything I've seen 2023 out of the water. That was an incredible match, man. Just talk about the match for a second. Just tell us like what kind of like what the match meant to you. Um, okay, sure. Um, so, I mean, the, the biggest thing is, is just, uh, being, uh, the main event at Entertainia, which is, I think that means the biggest to me because, uh, Hood Slam has been such a integral part of, you know, my development in my later kind of career and just growing and being able to put on matches that, uh, I don't normally get the opportunity to put on in other places. So, uh, it meant a lot to me to to main event Hood Slam, and it was really a great opportunity to wrestle uh, Jack for the first time. So, oh wow, that was your first meeting with Jack. You guys had an incredible match. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I I feel like I I've been doing some some really good matches lately, and uh, I feel I I've been in a lot of tag teams lately, and I think that's maybe why the notice hasn't been there. But uh, I generally try pretty pretty hard for my singles matches so hopefully any singles match that i'm in kind of has that appeal yeah well i mean like you said you started the year off you know i mean in a, in a in kind of doing a tag team thing with the squad and everything and then you mm-hmm. ended the year man eventing entertainia so you're on the right track for sure hell yeah uh tell us about the the double golden fanny pack uh best in the east bay at I can't even say it. <laughs> the best athlete. Yeah, the best Bay. athlete in the East Bay Golden Fanny Packs. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, oh, I mean, what would you like to know? The only thing I can tell you is the contents of them because those are secret to me. Oh, interesting. I saw the um, you came out and you had sunglasses in there and you kind of switched them before the match. You pulled the old Mr. Yeah. Rogers kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my uh, I got my I got my entrance sunglasses and my wrestling sunglasses in there. You know, there's there's different sunglasses for different occasions and you got to make sure that you're, uh, you know, you got the appropriate attire. No, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. Um, how are you such a good sunglass enthusiast? Oh, um, you know what? It started um, a long time ago. So the sunglasses are a little bit of a, a um, sentimental thing but also uh, a very useful in its own right so i mean a, a good example <laughs> there's a, a couple years ago i did some shows outside as a lot of wrestling shows happen and um it was a very sunny day and there was no shade so it was very difficult to see anything and anybody coming at you could have blindsided you at any moment so i made the decision to wear sunglasses and never stopped and um it's been beneficial ever since because even in my in my training from Taekwondo, I mean, you know 
where someone's going to go and attack uh, with their eyes. So if they're looking down, if they're looking a certain direction, it, people use their eyes to target. So my eyes are hidden. So it's it's difficult to see where I'm coming oh. from and, and where I'm going to attack from. Interesting, interesting. And then as as uh, Brosif likes to point out, it definitely makes you look like a douchebag, which is pretty cool. You know, adds to your character a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, I guess that's the, that's the, sometimes that's the negative side effect, but also, you know, it has its uses. I like, I just like to wear them. I don't know. I think they make me look cool too. So yeah, no, it's, <laughs> he, it's different. He, th he thinks, he thinks I'm a douche. I think I look cool. I think that's probably part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, it's, it's different though, because you don't see people wrestling with sunglasses. So it's definitely something uh, that you're bringing different to the table. Yeah, it was something to try to stand out. I mean, I was I I started a lot more as as a you know as a as a villain per se. So um, it it definitely leans more towards then. And I tried not doing it either, but it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, you're just so used to it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So where are you? Uh, where are you from? Where do you where do you start? Uh, originally, I, I was born in Germany. So I was oh, born wow. in. Uh, Metternich, Germany. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, grew up in, in Fürth and Nuremberg area, Germany. And then, uh, then we moved, my family moved from Germany to, uh, Florida. I stayed in Florida for a little while, Orlando. And then, uh, from Orlando, we moved to California and I've how, been here ever since. How old were you when you moved to the U S? Uh, I was a little, uh, I was like seven, seven okay. years old. Okay. So most of your life's been in the U S yes yeah that's cool was there do you i don't know it was a long time ago but do you have any uh do you remember any like culture shocks when you when you moved from germany to the u.s yeah of course i mean i it's weird because um i while i have spent most of my life in the u.s i still you know culturally and i, I still feel german deep down but um, so yeah, I mean, culture shock. Cause I, it wasn't a military family. I was born in Germany. So like the, 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 the language, I didn't know any English. So that was a big deal. Um, all, everything's always very sunny. Right. So like, there's not, I didn't live in an area in the U S where there was a heavy winter and that was probably my parents choice. You know, they were like, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you get older, you don't like to shovel snow when you're younger, you like to see the snow. Right. So, um, so, so I was in the sunnier areas of the U.S. and I think that I missed maybe the Christmas season as well, and just the holidays. Uh, it was a little bit different there than it is here. Um, but other than that, you know, I adapted pretty well. I think because I, I was young, you know, I wasn't I wasn't too ingrained in in Germany or in in that sense. So I was able to change, make friends, and and gain new hobbies and stuff like that. Yeah, and I didn't even start definitely young enough to adapt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I didn't really start kind of finding my own until like we got to California. Florida was kind of like a pit stop. It was nice. And I really liked being there. And I think I enjoyed and learned uh, to become more like, you know, I guess a U.S., uh, a kid in the U.S., I guess. Yeah. Did you get to visit Germany as an adult? Yeah, yeah. I've been back a few times. Family and 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 just to visit. Yeah. Nice. So I used to have this manager at this hotel I used to work at and every year for Christmas, he would go to Germany and he told me, uh, I don't remember the name of the town that he would go to, but he said, uh, imagine Christmas in the park, uh, but it's an entire town. And that's why I go there every year. And I was like, wow. Oh yeah. And he might be talking about Rotenberg or Nuremberg. It could be one of the two, but they, I mean, there's a lot of Christmas markets in, uh, in Germany that are huge and, uh, 
and just kind of spread throughout the town and the decora- decorations and all. So it's, it's it's culturally ingrained, I guess. Is it much different than here? Because you said that one thing that you missed when you came to the U.S. was Christmas. Um, so is it like something that's just celebrated super big time in Germany and here it's just kind of like pretty okay? <laughs> Um, I, it's, it's just different, right? Yeah. So here it, it definitely, so there there's more like, I guess the, the, you know, you have the, the Christmas markets. If you've never heard of a Christmas market, it's just basically like, you know, like a farmer's market or something like that, but for crafts and stuff like that, but okay. generally Christmas based, but there's lots of candy and like, um, you know, uh, sausages, obviously hot chocolate, all these things around, uh, as well as, you know, peanuts, roasted nuts stuff like that like and then walking around in the snow you you don't really get that necessarily here maybe like in the midwest or something like that where i haven't necessarily been and gotten to enjoy that kind of stuff because i know there's some places that do have those type of um markets and stuff like that but even the traditions are different you know certain parts of germany celebrate christmas differently some some for some people for some it's a chris angel it's like an angel that's that comes and kind of brings the, oh, wow. the good tidings and stuff like that uh and you know santa claus and then you have all the different compasses and all that kind of stuff that goes on as well but it's just the it, christmas is more fear-based i guess in, in <laughs> germany and and it's all but it's also very it's also very joyous and fun that's awesome that's awesome uh let's get into some wrestling uh sure, at, yeah. what point, at what point in your life did you discover professional wrestling uh so that would be when i moved into like uh to california uh in elementary school probably around fifth grade maybe somewhere around there uh i had a friend in um elementary school who was really into wrestling introduced me to the wwf at the time he was a real big mankind fan and uh from from that kind of just grew into meeting more people that had kind of similar likes and then obviously that turned into us wanting to do it and then we ended up deciding to wrestle each other in our backyard on the trampoline and then me had me owning a trampoline obviously translates into flips and all these stuff from you know just being having one and being on it so we started to say uh that you owning the trampoline made you the promoter (laughs) yeah also that (laughs) (laughs) but it was a it was a it was a democracy we all pretty much uh ran it at the time we were pretty cool with each other i think although there it was funny because at some point you know there is uh we tried to grow and then we tried to get more clicks to be involved in our group and then yeah then those kind of weird like politics end up growing still but it it wasn't too bad it was mostly fun and it was a really it was a fun time i look back on trampoline wrestling it grew into a big thing i mean eventually we uh I got most of the friends I have now are still from then. And I mean, we, we had a local access TV show that we taped and we, you know, brought in weekly tapes of wrestling shows that we put on the, you know, in the Vacaville area and it would just air at like middle of the night, but it was something that we'd have on. And uh, then eventually we scrounged up enough money to get like a ring. And then we wrestled in the ring for a little while. And then it just kind of, all, we all kind of went our separate ways. Uh, I started training and they went with me as well, but I stuck with it. And uh, they, they, you know, they kind of kept living life and things just happened the way they did. Excellent. Did you say you were doing uh, like, like a little public access TV show with the trampoline? Yeah. Local cha- channel. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No, it was, it was when we actually, um, 
the TV show, I think we had first, it was mattresses. So okay, that it wasn't okay. on trampoline. So this is like mattresses, which is really gross. And then, uh, and then eventually, yeah, we got money to put together and, and we bought a little low boy ring, like, uh, like, uh, Agua has, and a lot of places that do kind of like bar area shows and stuff like that. Okay, um, nice. so like we had like a 16 footer, I think it was. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And, uh, how did you uh, decide to train and then, uh, where did you decide to go? Um, so I, I don't know if the, uh, the, the TV show or whatever was something that kind of made me think about it more seriously but either way we um i met oh the the tv show is what ended up bringing somebody uh, a good friend of mine named travis to to the to the backyard where we wrestled and he wanted to participate and he knew uh of people that were training and ran a school and and did it professionally in antioch and um that was that was um derek and dustin mel and rick luxury and uh uh, sometimes El Chupacabra and that was b back then in 2004 or five. Wow. The, the who's who of the Bay area scene. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it was, yeah. So, uh, Joe Applebaum our coach, right. Uh, it was the twins. And then it was, uh, DJ Riz and Rick luxury. Those were all the, the trainers I had at the time. And that, so I went out there to Antioch to see if I could uh, start doing that. I also called around a different couple places. I called APW uh, in in the Bay Area as well to kind of see and what I was going to do and what I could afford really yeah. at the time because I was 16 years old. <clears throat> so, wow. uh, and that's and that's what kind of started it. So I ended up going to Antioch and started training with uh, with those guys at Brawl Brawl Wrestling B R A W L is what it was. Wow. How did your parents feel about uh, you training for wrestling at 16? Um, I mean, I guess they saw me doing it in the backyard, so I guess they weren't They're kind too... of used to it? <laughs> yeah, that, that they probably thought maybe professional training would be safer than what I was already doing. That makes sense. So, yeah. um, uh, I don't think they minded. I, they, they were pretty supportive. They didn't... Uh, I mean, they obviously had to pay for it. I couldn't really afford it, you know? And um, I managed to, you know... I, I was, my dad was an, uh, is an, is an IT. So I knew a little bit of web design. So I kind of was able to work out a, a good deal that allowed me to kind of work on the websites, do all the video editing and stuff. Cause that was kind of the stuff I was into and had fun doing and experience already from the TV show and just doing our own stuff um, and putting it up on YouTube and whatnot. So uh, I used that kind of experience to kind of get a good deal on wrestling training as well. That's incredible. And a lot of people weren't doing that in 2005, like, like now, cause now everybody's doing that stuff. No. Yeah. I thought, I thought our website was pretty cool. I mean, even at the time for 2005, I mean, we had a whole complete brawl website with the champions where you'd hover over the logo, the logo would switch or the championship and this championship would switch over to, you know, who the person was, which oh, now wow. doesn't sound really that amazing, but at the time <laughs> that was pretty cool. And like, we'd have, I'd have, I'd have edited and, you know, uploaded music videos for every show that was happening uh, that every month or whatever, and that would, those would be up on the website and YouTube to check out. So it was, it was a lot of fun and it, it was a great experience. That's awesome. Are you still doing like web design and stuff like that? Web design, not so much. Cause it's so easy now. I think, yeah. I mean, I, you know, just to go on slide, slide something on there, it's not coding or it's not like net fusion objects or stuff like that. It's not, you don't have to have any like 
professional knowledge really anymore no, to do it's it. No, it's all drag and drop, really. Which is great, and I love yeah. it. I'm glad Good that, it's that way. it should be that way. <laughs> yeah, it should, it should be that way. And so uh, I don't really do web design stuff anymore, but I, I still do a lot of video editing and, and just for my own content because I've never really stopped doing that side of the stuff. And that's yeah. why I feel like I have, I've had a lot of content going back to, you know, when I started, which is really cool. Wow, that is really cool. Yeah, because you've been doing that, like you said, since day one, the video stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have I have footage and music videos from my earliest matches all on my YouTube from, you know, from Brawl and from all those other the shows that I did back then. That's cool. What was it like for you, um, just the life of a high school student and a professional wrestler? Um, it was pretty, I mean, it was pretty normal. I mean, I, I kept to myself in high school, so I wasn't really, um, I wasn't a huge charismatic person. <laughs> so, so I didn't have a huge click or anything like that. But the coolest thing we did do, we managed to convince the school to bring our ring during lunch and have two shows, one show during a lunch, one show during B lunch during, yeah, cool. during school hours. <laughs> which I'm not, I don't know how they got insurance clearance or any of that stuff to do it, but we filmed that as well. And I have that footage too. And we did some crazy. I mean, we, we hit each other with chairs, ladders. I, it was kind of wild that, 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 that was on. I mean, we even got the, um, the, uh, part of the, the school involved that we even had them like start a match at the end. It was great. Wow. Was it in the gym? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Do you have that up on YouTube? Uh, I think I think there's some footage up there on YouTube for from it. That yeah, sounds, it's called w, uh, WCW Unleashed because we'll see Wood High School. It was the the school. <laughs> nice. It's in, it was in the yearbook too for the year, which is great. Wow, that is really cool. That's that's, that's something you don't hear every day. You know that they had a, yeah. a wrestling. <laughs> I, that's show probably one of my pr yeah proudest <laughs> accomplishments, just because of now being an adult and being like, how the hell did they let us do this? Yeah, that's true. How did they let you do that? That's crazy. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, what did you do as far as like uh, when you were done the training and stuff like that, you just started wrestling like locally um, in, in federations in, in the Bay Area? Yeah, I mean, anywhere I could pretty much get a booking, I would go. Um, I mean, essentially what you're, you know, what you're supposed to do when you start. So uh, I obviously used any kind of connections that I could with the trainers that I had. So that got me into a lot of places like uh, North American wrestling, NAW at the time in Modesto, mm -hmm. SPW, Supreme Pro Wrestling in Sacramento. Yeah, I went like to one of their shows recently, actually. How was it? It was fun. It was good. It was oh, good. Fantastic. Great. Right? Was yeah. that in the soccer arena? It was. Yes, it was. Yes, the soccer arena. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. That's hella cool. How did you uh, get to Hood Slam? Um, well, I knew Sheik for for a long time, so we've always we've always had a friendship for 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 a while. It just kind of naturally happened. Uh, initially, I was wrestling at Stoner U uh, with uh, a team called the Fantastic Four Twenty, and then that kind of just grew into staying at Stoner U and then moving into Hood Slam. Has its own little storyline. Oh wow, that's cool! I didn't realize that Stoner U had their own shows and everything. That's not that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they did. Have, they did a lot more shows. Obviously, the pandemic kind of uh, caused a lot of people to kind of slow down and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, but uh, yeah, before the pandemic, they were running shows every month, you know. And a lot of times, uh, the 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 Stoney shows were 
were just as fun as like a hood slam show. You know what I mean? I, I remember distinctly some of my favorite moments being those stoner you shows. It, they weren't as widely attended, but that's, I mean, that's kind of, that's where hood slam started, you know, in those, in those, in that little area. It's like that really niche gritty kind of grunge area where you just get to see this underground wrestling yeah, and it just grew yeah. to something spectacular. Yeah. The accidental phenomenon. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, I love. That's what I love about Hood Slam too. It's like it was never really supposed to have the traction that it that it had, and it just it's so different, and it's so kind of just like the presentation of wrestling is just so different and so fun that yeah. people just just uh, gravitate towards it. Yeah, yeah, I think it brings a lot more people into it that normally wouldn't have. Absolutely. Um, tell us about the squad. How you got into the squad? The squad. Uh, I think that's just a, a group of like-minded people that just want to get uh, their comeuppance in Hoodslam, man. That, that yeah. We just kind of gravitated towards each, towards each other. And uh, it just, it just, our friendship and our connection just grew from there. Um, we are, I think we are inseparable. <laughs> I miss, I miss my, uh, my other crew, but hopefully we'll see them again, you know? Yeah. What's your other crew? Well, we got we got Maria. She's missing. I don't know. She's still on her uh, on her tour. Uh, maybe she's she's still doing the Shakira Spears tour. And um, and uh, we're we're just D Rogue's just chilling right now. You know what I mean? Like he's he's just chilling. So so uh, it's me, Zoe, and uh, Harry holding it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys are all really uh, successful right now. All three of you guys are just kind of on a roll and and just getting a lot of momentum. You know, uh, Harry, Hop Daddy, he's the uh, the Glampian, and you're the double yep. golden fanny pack champion. Um, so you sky's the limit for you guys right now. You guys are doing great. Yep, yep. The only I think the only thing that we haven't gotten our hands on is that damn golden gig. Yeah, it's every, I mean everybody's after it though. You know, it's 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 kind of hard to get that. Everybody's after it. I talked to Richard Schneri uh, a few weeks ago, and you know, he wants it too. And then you watch Hood Slam, Sheik wants it too. So, you know, everybody, everybody wants that golden gig. Yeah, I wrestled uh, Pong for it before he got killed earlier this year. <laughs> oh, wow. That's but, cool. But yeah, but I uh, was unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. Well, you know, you're, you're, you got that double golden fanny pack. You're building some momentum. Maybe uh, take another shot at it sometime soon. Yeah, I just got to keep rubbing those for good luck, and then eventually something <laughs> good will happen. Absolutely. Uh, what's in the future for Kenny K? What's in the future for Kenny K? I don't know. More wrestling? More wrestling oh, yeah. and uh, more backbreakers. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever comes my way, we'll see. I, I just kind of take the world as it comes. Tell us about the backbreaker. I didn't mention that. Um, you're you're uh, you're a master of the backbreaker. You're the last spine uh, bender. So tell mm -hmm. us about how that became. Um. So the last spine bender. So the backbreakers have just been something that I've been fascinated with in wrestling as far as a wrestling move goes. And I just, I think I've just ever, I've always enjoyed them ever since I was started watching and getting into it and, and practicing. Um, Roderick Strong, you know, was a huge, huge uh, influence on me. Dean Malenko, huge influence on me. The, those are people that, uh, that really, I think, embody, you know, this, the study of, of a backbreaker and the people that really do them well. And yeah. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of moves out there. There's a lot of moves that can be done well. And there's a lot of moves that can be done, you know, 
mediocre, right? They don't look as good or whatever. So I think those people, those guys are, they embody and what, what, what I want to do when I hit a backbreaker and they're, they influence me in my style. So, and uh, as well as others, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You mentioned Roderick strong because um, you kind of remind me of that in a way where like, you know, when you started wrestling like 2005, Roderick strong was uh, he was just hitting backbreakers from everywhere. He would just toss mm-hmm. people up, hit all these crazy backbreakers and you're doing, um, you're doing almost the same where you're just like hitting these crazy backbreakers out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really great. I just love watching you, you wrestle because of that fact that any, you can just hit a backbreaker at any time out of anywhere. Yeah. His, uh, he's, He's uh, definitely, he's the messiah of the backbreaker, right? So yeah, he, his, his influence on me was that I wanted to to kind of have the same idea as a backbreaker out of nowhere, reg- regardless if you know that that's my attack method or that's what I'm going to go for. I have so many variations and ways to get into it that it doesn't matter. I'm going to catch you one way or the other. And when I catch you, it's going to be done or it's going to start breaking down from there. And after that, it's going to keep deteriorating and it's going to be harder to stand, walk, you know, run, whatever it is. And with, with Roderick strong, his focus, I think was a lot on lifting backbreakers. Whereas mine is, I think a hybrid of, of lifting and getting to the backbreaker. There's a lot of different people who, who John Walters, great example, right? John Walters does the, the, the backbreaker, the, the, the lung blower, as you call it, or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. Backstabber, right? Backstabber, we yeah. used to, I used to call it the John Walters. So the, uh, that's, whereas Roderick, I think, was more focused on maybe lifting and getting him yeah. onto that one, and, one and, knee, right? And tossing, and tossing people. Yeah, out. and tossing people. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to I focus on a hybrid version of that because I, I, can, I can recognize that too much, too much pressure and too much downward uh, force onto my knee in that position can also do me damage. Okay, okay. And there's a few times where I've been caught off guard where I've, where I've gotten up and maybe somebody's gotten something, whatever, and I, I wasn't able to get my ankle placement right. And so instead of coming, you know, I still got the backbreaker, but also my Achilles got compressed because oh. I wasn't able to plant my foot. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was, my ball of my foot was down like this rather than being planted like this. Yeah. Just to give you the support you needed. Wow. Yeah. So that's good that you kind of learn what you need to do and how you need to like have your placement. That's a huge, that's a huge thing in wrestling is right. Foot footwork. Where's your foot placement? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, momentum. Uh, how much momentum you have, you know, making sure that where you're going to land, how you're going to land and that you land safely and that you don't, you know, end up hurting more and more <laughs> later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could manifest a few things for your future, uh, what would they be? Oh, um, okay. Uh, I'd like to wrestle in Germany, maybe for WXW. That'd be awesome. Oh, that would be so cool. Uh, I'd love to do uh I don't know why I'm just, I just, I'd love to wrestle for TNA. I, it's just one of those. It's, it's, it's like my old, it's like my WCW too. You know what I mean? I, when I grew up, I watched WCW as a child and I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And then when I was kind of older, I watched TNA and I was like, Holy shit, this is amazing. You know, like Elix Skipper, the cage walk. I mean, AJ Styles, Chris Saban, Christopher Daniels, you know, uh, Joe is, was in there too. It, it just, all those X division matches, those were huge integral part of, I think what I am as a wrestler, Sanjay Dutt, you know, all the, I can't, there's so amazing, right. There's so many people that I can't even 
I, I, that I would love to see a wrestle even now because all the, a lot of these people are still wrestling, you know, and still putting on crazy matches. But uh, TNA would be one of them. And um, I mean, if I ever got to wrestle at AW, that would be amazing, right? That that would be yeah, just just more high profile matches in the in the future, just with with more 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 peers that are uh, of higher level than I am, you know, just to get me up there. Yeah, exactly. That's cool, man. Hell yeah. I hope uh I hope you do get to TNA one day or get to wrestle in Germany. I feel like wrestling in Germany for you would be like, you know, coming full circle. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be really I think it, that would be really cool. It would be trippy. <laughs> yeah, <sure>. I bet. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, uh you want to plug your social media? Sure. Um it's pretty I mean, pretty easy. I think everything will be easier to just go to my link tree, so l i n k t r .e e slash kenny k5. Uh, and that will bring you up all my links, anything for like um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and you can go get my merch there as well. Uh, as well, it'll take you to the YouTube page if you ever want to look at the old videos for Brawl or music videos I've made from when I was younger. All that I've made up to seven music videos, I think, from varying years of when I was wrestling. So, yeah, give it a look. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Kenny. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it.